We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Alright, alright. Alright. Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Rams Talk Radio Podcast. Part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Buyer Podcast Network. As always, I'm Steve Rivera here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny. Just when we think we're going to have a boring old bye week pod, the Rams come in and they, they always give us something to talk about when we need it. Uh, that is the one positive about this team this year. They always give us something to talk about. How you doing, man? Oh, man. Uh, now that I've had a, a few days to kind of reflect on what we witnessed this past weekend, not too bad. Um, but you're right. Now we actually have something to talk about where it's not just us rambling about how much, how disappointing last week was. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it, Steve. Yeah, obviously the big news of today broke a couple hours ago. The Rams have signed Carson Wentz, who Rams fans have been talking about for almost a decade now. We're going to we're going to dive deep into to Carson Wentz in a second. But I want to open with this, Johnny, uh, because this is how I feel right now about the Rams. During the Green Bay game last week, I don't remember at what point in the game this was. I think it was the third quarter, um, something like that. The game was relatively close, but like we had no momentum. And it was fourth down and 17. And I think if we kicked a field goal from where we were on the field, it would have been like a 54-yarder. You know, risky given the kicker situation. But instead of kicking a field goal on fourth and 17 from midfield, the Rams trot out their offense, and obviously, obviously they're not running a play. They're going to try and get the defense to jump off sides. They, they get to the line. They don't get set until there's like five seconds left. And then they try to get the defense to jump off sides. They obviously don't jump off sides. The Packers decline the penalty. Because they know the Rams are just trying to get better punting field position. And the Rams end up punting it for net 20 yards. And I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And today, the Rams signed Carson Wentz, who, no matter how you feel about the guy, an obvious upgrade as our backup quarterback, but like, what the fuck are we doing, man? Like this, if you're gonna if you're signing Carson Wentz today, that means that you're open to the idea of Carson Wentz being on your football team. And last week you signed fucking Dresser Win. Like, why did we not do this a week ago? Why didn't we do it two months ago? Why didn't we do it in March before the draft? So we don't have ways to pick on Stetson Bennett. I am just like befuddled and confused at the state of this football team last week on the pod I was saying how I really don't think the seven seed is out of reach all we have to do is beat a bad Packers team a very beatable Packers team 
arguably a game we win if we have fucking Carson Wentz. And I'm just, I am so confused by everything. Like, everything is just so confusing right now. We'll talk about the implications of, the like, who Wentz is today, you know, what he's going to bring to the team. But, like, I just cannot believe that they were okay signing Carson Wentz. And, and they do it now. Like, this is the point of the season at 3-6 and six that you choose to bring Carson Wentz in. Not when you need a quarterback on your roster. Not when you need to get a backup quarterback right now. It's just like, I'm not even saying it's a bad move because, again, a clear upgrade. But, like, what the fuck are we doing, dude? This is so insane. Uh, no, it, it's it's not it's um it's not blasphemous to to uh, you know rip on this transaction because at this point of the game, like why you you're like like Steve said, you're down three uh, three and six now, and I could even forgive all of that, considering that you know the Rams didn't go in with with a with an experienced backup, which, okay, you know, they can't predict what would, I, I guess something happened to, uh, you know, our rookie, but uh, yeah, Stenson Bennett has not been able to be on the field. We still don't know why that's fine. We can't predict that, but at the same time, it's like you knew this and you stuck with ripen. Why? And then only to, trot him out there you knew what he was in the preseason i can't imagine he's showing you much of anything at practice and knowing that you would be okay with bringing in carson wentz you still trot out ripen out there last week when wentz you know whether you love or hate the guy is definitely an upgrade over ripen so I, I don't understand it myself. Again, I could overlook the fact that the Rams went without an experienced, a reliably experienced backup quarterback. Had they had just brought in Wentz last week, only for them to just bring him in this week. Why? What? 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 What's the urgency now? Uh, real quick, Johnny, you didn't hear this, but the listeners did. I'm sorry for whatever. Uh huh how Michael's audio just played there out of my Twitter feed. But yeah, like, and I, I think it's important to mention, cause I haven't forgot to mention it before. They cut Brett Ripon and dresser win today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the only active quarterbacks on the roster now are Stafford and Wentz. So it's not like, I mean, I'm sure it partially is because of this, but like they didn't watch, Brett Ripon and be like, okay, well, we need a quarterback for next week. We're going to pick up Carson Wentz, and he's going to play. Unless Stetson Bennett is coming back after the bye week, which there's no indication that he is, we have two active quarterbacks on the roster, which means Stafford's probably playing. He's probably suiting up after we get back from the bye uh, in two weeks. And so you're, you're signing Carson Wentz to be the backup, and Maybe Carson Wentz wasn't ready to sign with anybody until now. Uh, I kind of find that hard to believe. You know, if if he's sitting around at this point taking a backup job from a 3-6 and six team, you know, is, is an interesting choice. Like, for him to make the decision now, I feel like he didn't really have the offers he wanted. But it's just like, man, it's just so fucking crazy that they didn't do this last week if this was on the table for them. Uh because, like, yeah, they're they're moving forward with Stafford as a backup. We all watched Brett Ripon and, and Stetson Bennett play in the preseason. Even if Bennett was healthy, neither of these guys looked capable. And Wentz is sitting right there. And, like, I just I can't believe we're doing this today. It's just it is just one of the most <laughs> baffling decisions. And even we talked about Baker last year. We didn't really think it'd be necessary for the Rams, but they did it. He started immediately because we the Rams coaches watched John Wolford and Bryce Perkins play, uh, and we're not going to sit through that for six more weeks. But, <laughs> like, 
I don't know. I guess it's 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 somewhat similar. Some, but like, it's just like Baker Mayfield wasn't available until he became available, and that's when the Rams claimed him. Carson Wentz has been available since February. It's just like I don't know. I I, I do want to talk about Wentz, but like, I don't know if you have anything to add on just like the absolute craziness of the timing of this. It's beyond baffling. I I don't get it, um, and, and it's it's almost like the entire season has been like so lackadaisical. Like there is no urgency that we saw from last season. I and I don't get it. You know, I I really don't understand. And it's like if Wentz comes in at halftime of last week's game, I genuinely think they might have won the game. Because, like, I, you're in agreement with me, right? Like, this is a good move, assuming it's a very cheap contract. Like, obviously, he's, I would say, today, one of the best backups in the NFL. Uh, he was just kind of sitting around. I, I think he's better than a lot of guys that have been trotted out there, especially the guys we've trotted out there. Even if you didn't believe that Carson Wentz was one of the better backups in the league right now, He's still light years ahead of Brett Ripon. You know, it, it's not even close. Yeah, hi. I, it, it's it's still like there's so many things wrong with with uh, just how all of this has been handled. It's kind of comical. Man, it's insane. Let Let's talk about Wentz and kind of how he got to the point in his career where he's sitting on his couch in November. Uh, obviously. We all know the story early in his career, second overall pick. Uh, all of us went back and forth on Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and who the Rams should draft in 2016. We took Goff. Wentz goes number two to the Eagles. Pretty good rookie year. Insane second year. Probably wins the MVP, but he gets hurt against us. Uh, the Eagles go on to win a Super Bowl without him. Kind of all changes from there. Uh, he never gets all the way back. Uh, his numbers for a couple years were okay. They they look fine on paper. Uh, a lot of reports that he had an ego. Teammates didn't like him. Uh, multiple reports came out at different phases of him being with the Eagles about how the locker room didn't like him, which leads me to believe that the locker room didn't like him, Johnny. So <laughs> something was off there. Uh, even after a couple decent years and a giant contract extension in 2019, the Eagles draft Jalen Hurts in the second round in 2020. Wentz has the worst year of his career. Benched in December. Hurts comes in. That's the end of his Eagles tenure. He has 21 touchdowns that season compared to 19 inter- or turnovers. Uh, that includes rushing touchdowns and fumbles, uh, not just passing. So don't stack correct me. He had a career low 57.4 completion percentage that year. So bad. He still... And now this is 2021. So this is two years ago. Still good enough to land a first-round pick from the Colts. Uh, he's a decent year in Indy. I think he caught more flack than he deserved for that year because he was so bad in the Jacksonville loss to end the season um, and eliminate them from the playoffs. That, that game was so bad. It seemed like nobody could come back to the table in Indy the following year, and they didn't. He... Now we're in 2022, still gets traded for a second and third round pick. This is last season. That's how much Carson Wentz was worth. Plays very mediocre in Washington. He gets hurt. He doesn't get the job back because Taylor Heineke's playing better. Heineke ends up getting hurt. Wentz comes back in, starts a game, throws three interceptions, gets benched for Sam Howell last game of the year, and then gets cut. Doesn't sign with anybody, so his value tanked that bad. Um... You know, I like. I don't know what the word on him was this offseason. I don't know if it was because he was waiting for a good opportunity or if people didn't want to bring him in as a backup. Maybe he didn't want to take a backup job that early. Like, it, it wouldn't be the first guy who went from being a starter to just kind of not playing. Uh, we saw this with Cam Newton. We saw this to an extent with RG3. Uh, I'm not going to throw out Kaepernick because... Obviously, some muddy situations there, but you also saw it with Kaepernick. Um, but it's weird that he was sitting at home and, you know, 
after all the shit we just said, like I I would have been fucking elated if they did this in August. I I I'm fine with it now. Uh, I would have been stoked if he was their backup quarterback entering the year. I wish they did it in March. Because what do you have to lose, man, if he's basically free? Uh, even if you had to pay a little backup quarterback premium on him, your quarterback's banged up. I wouldn't hate it if it's a one-year deal. Uh, but you don't do that. You get Stetson Bennett in the fourth round, which we did not like. Um, you you don't have him after week one. And at that point, uh, and uh, Jake from DTR has been quick to point out, like they obviously should have done this at that point. When you put Stetson Bennett at the NFI, you are just rolling around with two quarterbacks in a league that currently incentivizes having a third quarterback. Uh, we're just rolling up the games with Stafford and Brett Rippon, who the Rams are who like so much that they gave him one game and then fucking cut him. Uh, like, I don't know, man. I'm happy once this year. It's it's tough to break down be, because they cut the other quarterbacks. Like, I think he's just going to be sitting around. Um, if Stafford gets hurt, I feel much better about Wentz coming in than any other option they could have had at this point in time. But like, they waited too long on this. Yeah, he's been home. We could have used him last week. Yeah, most definitely we could have used him last week. <laughs> but like, I believe in him as a backup. Uh, this is the kind of guy I want as a backup. He's a backup for a reason, um, and I'm sure I've said the same. We probably are singing the same song and dance we said about Baker last year. He's backup for a reason. He's not on a team for a reason. But when you see some of the guys that get trotted around on a weekly basis, you've got Brett Rippon, you've got Tyrod Taylor's corpse, you've got fucking Tommy DeVito or whatever the guy his name is. Um, you know, shit. You got Zach Wilson, who is going back to being Zach Wilson at this point. Like, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks worse than Carson Wentz play this year. And no question. I'm happy to have him as their backup. Uh, I guess it's pointless to say the woulda, coulda, shoulda competition or conversation. At the end of the day, if they're sitting here today saying, should we sign Carson Wentz, I'm glad they decided yes. Would have loved for them to do it sooner. I don't think he saves the season if we did it sooner. But if we're sitting here at four and five at the bye week, you feel a lot better than three and six, given what this team currently looks like. Yeah, it, it it's just it's incredible. Like I I I just don't get it. <laughs> I just, it's just like there's nothing to say. Like, good move. Why now? I don't know. I don't want to sound like a broken record here. Like, the Packers are so fucking bad, dude. Like, they are so bad. Like, it is... And it is unbelievable. Like, <laughs> they... It was like watching who wanted to lose badly. It was, and the a, Rams one, it was a one-score game until the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, that, they refused to pull away with the game because they are not a good team. Uh, and, like... You know, the defense could have played better. I don't think they played awful. Uh, we just couldn't do a single goddamn thing on offense, dude. It was, it was crazy. Um, because... I mean, I, I kind of give the defense credit, too, because it's it's difficult to, to be out there when you're uh, going out there and fighting three and outs, like, the entire time. Yeah, man. Non-stop. And like we said... Uh, on the pod last week, if the secondary was bad in this game, the season was over. And Kobe Durant got hurt. Like, Duke Shelley didn't look great. But overall, I mean, the Packers' leading receiver was Luke Musgrave, who had a, like, I, he, had, he had a 25-yard catch late in the game, I think. Uh, they pretty much shut down the Packers' offense. Aaron Jones had 20 carries for 70 yards. Like, yeah, like you said. We weren't giving them anything to work with. Uh, we <laughs> uh, Here's how our drives went. First drive, six plays punt. Second drive, four plays and a fumble, which resulted in a Packer touchdown. Three and out, three and out. Finally put together a drive to kick a field goal at the end of the half. We get to the second half, six plays and punt. 
uh, recover a fumble. We gain five yards and miss a field goal. Uh, then we go out on downs. Then we throw an interception. <laughs> three to 13. Nine minutes left. We still go three and out. Uh, and that's what kind of when, like, you could tell the defense was just gave up uh, after that. It's just like a, a miraculously horrendous performance by the Rams offense. At the center of it was Brett Rippon. I don't know how much better Carson Wentz is, but he certainly would have played better. And I think you see when McVay has guys like this, you know, he's not opening up the playbook as much. He's not really letting them throw uh, because he's scared they're going to fuck it up. And, you know, would Wentz have fucked it up? Maybe. But he would. I, I feel like McVay would have let him let it rip a little bit like he did with Baker. Um, so it's frustrating, man. You know, you, you maybe cost, you were going to do this. I, I don't, I, I want to stop repeating myself like this. I'm sure this is terrible podcasting, but like, I, it's the same thing with how we talked about Tutu Atwell being drafted over Creed Humphrey for four years or however long it was. Feels like a lifetime. Like, why did we not do this last week? It is just so in fucking crazy. That they weren't against this. And they didn't do it last week. They signed Dresser Wynn. Like, my God, man. Uh, let's take a quick break here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As good a time as any. I had some a lingering short list of things from the Packers game. Uh, I cannot believe that they ran a jet sweep to Ben Skronik on third and inches. Like, <laughs> you want to run a jet sweep? Sure. Should you? Probably not. You're going to give it to fucking Ben Skronik? Dude, he's the slowest player in the offense. Yeah. I, I don't, like... There is there is a time to get creative. That's Why not creative. That's just stupid. Yes, I agree. And But again, there is a time to get creative. But do you really have to get creative on third and inches? I, I Do you have that little confidence in your offensive line that you don't think that you could, I don't know, do a quarterback sneak? Or maybe run into Daryl Henderson or Royce Freeman or just about anyone else other than Ben Skoranek. Like, literally, I, I give it to Tutu, you know? Anybody. Dude, you've got Tutu, you've got Puka Nakua, you've got Cooper fucking Cup, and you're giving a jet sweep to Ben Skoranek. I don't care what down it is. It makes it worse that it was 30 inches. Burn that play. Like, what are we doing? He is not that type of player. He's never been. We know this. Like Jesus Christ, man. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, how did it feel, Johnny, to watch 44 snaps of Budding Head's fan favorite, Troy Reader? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. Hasn't gained a step. It was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like sit here and drag the guy because 
what's the point? But, you know, as expected there. Uh, the same guy we used to we used to watch. I, again, I think he's fine to have as a, as a depth piece. I'm not going to lose sleep about him being on the field when Ernest Jones is out. But, like, you know, doesn't feel great. Uh I, I remember why he's no lo- he wasn't with the team for so long. Yeah, and then it didn't work out in the other place. Who <laughs> would have thought, man? Uh, tough, awful game, awful season by Tyler Higby. Uh, Sean McVay said he's fighting through a lot of stuff. So, I mean, not much to make there. Uh, Troy Reader and Christian Roseboom both have lower than 45 pro football focus score. Uh, Duke Shelley came into this game. He came in, he, he spotted Kobe Durant, right? Like he wasn't playing before that. No, he wasn't. I, at least not to my knowledge. I think correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're both happy to, they, they realized, as we said, not that they listen to us. I'm sure they could see this for themselves that Darian Kendrick was not a guy. And so they try something else. They move Kobe to the outside. They put uh, Russ East in the star position. Durant, unfortunately, got hurt. Duke Shelley came in. Didn't play well, you know, but I'm glad they stuck to their guns and didn't put Kendrick back in. I don't know why we refused to play Trey Tomlinson. I don't know what we're waiting for. Just give the guy a shot. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. Um, what can we do as a fan base to, and this is my last thought on the game. How do we get them to stop putting Michael Hoy in coverage? How do we end this forever? It's become the new Cooper cup punt returning thing, except it's worse because he's giving (laughs) up yards. I, I, I think it's just a matter of who, who else do you put there? Not a defensive lineman. I mean, (laughs) that's kind of the penalty for having, you know, mediocre middle linebacker or inside linebackers. Dude, I I think I wouldn't, and I don't say this lightly. I mean, I'd rather have Troy Reader in coverage. Wow. Michael Hoyt's a fucking defensive end, dude. He's not a pass... In pass coverage, like he's probably never done this before. Yeah, but then again, I don't think he's an edge rusher, so there's that. Because <laughs> he is—he's a converted in not. He was not like a nose tackle, but he was playing defensive end in a three-four, right? And then they converted him to edge rusher. Yes. So, like, yeah, he—he he shouldn't be covering anybody. He can't do it. I don't yeah, know how. I don't know enough about defensive schemes to know how to solve it. But do literally anything else. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, there, there's just there's no reason why he should be out there. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, did you have anything else on this game? The a twenty to three loss to Green Bay. I know where... it's real easy to look at the negatives in this game, and honestly, we should. But there are a couple of bright spots in this game, Steve. Be the optimist. Let's hear it. I had Kobe Turner on my list. He had a great game. Yeah. Great game. Looking like a great pick. I mean, honestly, you look at this uh, draft class, and while there definitely are some misses, there's quite a few guys to be excited about for the future, and Kobe Turner is one of them. So, Uh, Major kudos there because this was a guy that many analysts like uh, dragged the less need under the coals for because he was thought to be picking uh, pick too high. Yep. So, uh, you know, I I can't help but be proud of this pick. But then uh, you look at others and then you're not so proud anymore. Um, Yeah. yeah. You Uh, know, in in this draft class. we can rag on the Stetson Bennett pick all we want. Given the lack of a first-round pick, to come yes. away with, I would say, four guys who, 
in Steve Avila, Byron Young, Kobe Turner, and Puka Nakua, who not only will be starters for the duration of their rookie contracts, seem like they will be incredibly productive players. Um, is it is a f- massive fucking home run? Uh, I, like Stetson Bennett, obviously a horrible pick, uh, but on day three, you know, to a to a finally, and this is something I've dragged for like all off season, is how bad they've been on day two in these drafts where they haven't had first round picks. To finally nail all three of those picks, hopefully, hopefully these guys continue to work out, uh, and then come away with on day three, even though you got some misses in there, you're going to miss a lot on day three, but you come with Puka Nakua, uh, who is, you know, the best player in the history of football. Like it, it's, it's a phenomenal draft and it'd be great if we could have done this consistently for the last couple of years, but whatever they did to come to these results in their scouting, uh, I'm happy they finally got to this point. I mean, it, this is, uh, Easily the biggest highlight of this season is that this, I don't want to say franchise-changing draft because, well, you know, it could be. Um, But if they had another awful draft, you know, uh, the future of this team would be bleak, even if they got the first pick and got a quarterback. Uh, The roster would just be so thin. So it's nice that they came away with a bunch of starters. Yeah, I you know the it, it it's definitely nice to see this instead of seeing basically entire draft classes being torn apart you know one year after they're drafted. And just to kind of put it into perspective about how often guys have contributed for us this positively as rookies, I'm just going to run through these on the fly. You look at last year, Kobe Durant, Quentin Lake, Darian Kendrick. I think we're the only guys that really played, and they weren't great. Uh, Kobe obviously was, was fine, but like you wouldn't sit here and say he was very productive. Uh, 2021, you have Ernest Jones. That's about it. Ben Skronik played that year, but he wasn't good. Um, got better his sophomore year. Tutu Atwell, obviously pretty good now, but as rookies, Ernest Jones is really the only guy that was productive there. In 2020, um, you have Cam Akers, you have Jordan Fuller. 20, even going back like 2019, you have uh, you have David Edwards and I guess Taylor Rapp, um, but like Daryl Henderson, Bobby Evans, Greg Gaines, Nick Scott, those guys didn't really play as rookies. Uh, 2018, you have John Franklin Myers, uh, uh, I guess Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, you really have to go back to 2017 where you had Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson. Uh, I don't remember how much Josh Reynolds or Ibu Cam played as rookies. Um, and, and even Gerald Everett wasn't, like, crazy productive. But, like, that was the last time. It's been that long where we came in with multiple guys who, immediate, as rookies, you're like, these guys are going to play for the next four years. They're going to play a lot, and they're going to play well. Um, that was Cooper Cup. That was John Johnson. To an extent, that was Gerald Everett. But compared to a lot of these other drafts, um, and they haven't had a first round pick in any of these drafts. So it's not an excuse. And, you know, even if you took away Steve Avila, you would still be coming away with three guys that you could say that about, which is the most they've had in a long time. So, uh, it is great that these are the, like, at least these guys are, and I mean, Puka's really just a bonus. It, it's just so big that young Turner Avila are all working out. We really needed to hit those picks and, and they did. Yeah, I, and I have to say, too, like, uh, big shout-out to Byron Young for, in this game, too, because yep. dude's, dude's really starting to step up. And um, this is all considering without really having much help um, next to him either, you know? he. Th- this is kind of amazing uh, seeing a third-round pick develop so quickly because, to be honest, when I came into the season, I really wasn't expecting a ton from Byron Young. Uh, but you know, he's kind of shocked me a lot. Now I'm not sitting here and telling you that he's like a pro bowler or anything like that, but I do think that this guy has a lot of potential and maybe in the future, if you, uh, you know, set him up with at least a semi-decent player next to him, um, 
I think that this could be a, a, a start of, you know, a young player that the Rams are going to want to hold on to for a while. Yeah, and like Pro Bowl caliber player is not out of the question because he's so he was so raw coming in and he's already developed so much. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it either, but even if he doesn't get that, like you said, if they bring in another edge rusher at some point, he's an incredible compliment to that guy because uh, you're gonna have to pay attention to him. And Aaron Donald is hopefully still gonna be here for a couple more years. Um, him, Young, and Turner are the kind of guys you need around Aaron Donald, and if you are able to get another you know in a perfect world another von miller type but even another leonard floyd or like fucking 2018 dante fowler type uh he's gonna be a great guy to have in that mix um it's a huge win although (laughs) those were really like the only big positives in this game yeah pretty much everyone else was like eh most of the defense played fine. I don't want to drag them too much. Uh, but, yeah, running backs were bad. Um, well, man. The receivers. After the past few weeks of complimenting Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson, yeah. only to see that, I'm like, okay, back to reality. 12 rushes for 32 yards for Freeman, 10 rushes for 19 yards for Henderson. Now, Johnny, I, I am. this is a perfect segue into a quote that Sean McVay had this week, which is, I think, my favorite quote he's ever had. Uh, it might be the biggest lie he's ever said. And you could correct me if I'm wrong on this. This is what he said about Zach Evans. He said, Zach Evans is another guy that I'm intrigued to see if he gets an opportunity to get some carries towards the second half of the season. He's gotten better and better in practice. And then see if he gets an opportunity to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this man believes that. Yeah, th- this is literally the biggest lie he's ever said. I you mean... Just- you just watched Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson run into the ground for four quarters, and you didn't put him in. Uh, and by all accounts, Kyron Williams is coming back in week 12. So unless Zach Evans trots out there next week, you don't you don't believe this. He does not believe this. I, I'm just... <laughs> it's such a fucking crazy quote. And, and you the... know, Sean McVay has said some bizarre very heavily coached spoken words before. Uh, but this has got to be one of the biggest bullshit lies I've ever heard him say. <laughs> you know, like, man, it's all coach speak at the end of the day. Who cares? Like, this is just funny to us. Like, I, I saw this going. I was cracking up. I was like, this is so insane. He does not believe this. <laughs> I think that's right up there when he was saying, we, we're putting a lot of faith in Cam Akers at the at the beginning of the season. And then after week one, he was pretty much out of the picture. Yeah, right. And it's funny because if you read... Uh, I'm going to pull up... Uh, Jordan Rodriguez posted this today. Um, the, the quote McVeigh had on Monday night about what, like whether Brett Ripon was going to play quarterback if Stafford can't play. Uh, and this is what he said. The good thing is that the inclination and the direction that we're headed, I don't think that's going to be part of the conversation. Feel really good about how Matthew and how much he's attacked doing everything in his power to be back and to lead the way for this team. We're going to look at a lot of different things over the break here. I'm optimistic that I don't even think that's something that we have to worry about, but we'll figure out whether it will be not exclusive to the quarterback position, but at some other spots where are the possibilities to add competition. Um, so he was essentially saying Brett Ryphon will not be fucking playing again uh, in that quote. So it's funny to hear him say it's about Zach Evans, a guy who he literally brought in three guys to replace as soon as Zach Evans became the de facto starter. Um, Miles Gaskin did get cut today too. So I think there might be some other moves on the way, but yeah, I My don't anticipate boy. Zach Evans playing. He got cut before he even got an opportunity. I know. Johnny was all in. Don't go back and listen to our running back room pod. I guess I said that I think Zach Evans should play. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, Miles Gaskin's going to lead. And, and you know, and yeah, he didn't even see the field at all. So, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like um, I have to go back. I don't remember what I said. I feel like I said that Royce Freeman would play more than we think and that Miles Gaskin would be the passing down back. And that obviously wasn't true. Um, 
you can go and fact check me if you want. Let's take another quick break here and then um, talk about some draft stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You gotta love Johnny in week 10 of the season when you start talking draft, right? Or week you know, nine. As, <laughs> as, as a, um, we're, we're basically, uh, you know, football nerds at this point. I think everyone who's been listening to us for, a while now realizes that we're just fucking nerds and to actually talk at this point about NFL draft. I'm actually kind of excited about it. First time with a first round pick in a long time. And I do think they'll make it. Um, if the season ended today, they'd have the six pick, uh, I don't know if we're going to end the season there, but you uh, just read off the teams. First pick right now, Arizona. Second, Carolina. Then Chicago owns. Uh, third is Chicago again. Fourth is the Giants. Fifth is the Patriots. Sixth is the Rams. Then below us, Packers, Bucks, Broncos, Titans, Falcons, Washington. Yada, yada, yada. So I guess um, like the big the big thing is and I think this has been talked about a lot because uh friend of the show, Trevor Sikama, put out a mock draft and had the Rams taking Bo Nix at six. And a lot of people didn't like that. Uh, Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon, right? Yes. Um, I don't like it either. <laughs> well, so it, it's an interesting question because hypothetically, if we stick at six and we don't trade up, and you look at the teams ahead of us. Arizona at the first pick. They're playing Kyler Murray this week. So basically what the, I think the fact that they're bringing him back in a year where they're clearly tanking is them saying, we don't know. Like, I don't think they know what they're going to do. Um, I think they want to see Kyler Murray play and make a decision. I, I would say today, just given how much that pick will go for, Unless Kyler Murray comes out and just sucks, um, I think they probably trade back. But what do you think? You know, I I would like to think that they would trade down, but I don't think they're gonna. I I mean, you're talking about a team that picked Josh Rosen and then traded him his second year so they can bring in Kyler Murray. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I definitely, I, I'm torn on this, honestly. I, I don't really know what direction I think they'll go in. Um, and like I said, I don't think they know either. I think they're going to feel this out for the next couple weeks. I, yeah, I, I think the, the, the Cardinals have a lot of thinking to do, but I do think that this, these are um, the top two quarterbacks uh, in this upcoming draft are probably one of the better quarterbacks that we've seen in quite some time. So, and honestly, the the quarterback class as a whole is actually not bad. It's actually pretty good. So that's why when we get into the subject of the Rams, considering that the season ended today and they have the sixth pick overall, that's where it gets a bit dicey because there's no way – that the top two quarterbacks, whether it be Caleb Williams or Drake May, uh, there's no way that they're going to drop to pick six. No way. No, no shot. And I, and yeah, so, and it's, and you look at like, even you look at the teams ahead of them right now, I think Chicago is moving on from Justin Fields and taking a quarterback. Um, especially they have two picks there. I, that's just how it, how it feels to me. We'll see how the second half of the season goes. I think the Giants, I don't know, like, if they have a shot at one of those two quarterbacks, I think they 
definitively do it. And I don't know if they would go for a third guy at four, but I think they might. Uh, and I think the Patriots definitely would. So we're sitting there at six. Like, is it because because at six, I think you're probably reaching for a quarterback, right? And I actually, I don't know if we're going to finish six. I think we'll probably finish. I think we'll have a top 10 pick. I think we might be a little lower um, depending on things play out. But like, like you still have Stafford and you you have guys who are old, you know, Um, if you could get one of the top two, yes, absolutely. If you can trade up and not give up a ton of future capital, I I think you do it. Um, But... I don't think he, I think it'd be stupid to reach for a quarterback. There's there's no question. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you you have it's not it wouldn't be the end of the world per se. And I and I get where where Trevor's coming here, where obviously the Rams are going to have to think of the future eventually. And this is kind of the draft that you can, you know, you can sort of reach for a quarterback and it wouldn't be the end of the world. It's not like, you know, reaching and taking a Christian Ponder, you know, <laughs> or you Josh Christian Rosen. Ponder. Christian, shout out to Christian Ponder. I got my dad a Christian Ponder jersey and it was the worst <laughs> gift we ever got him. You know, so, and that's my point is you're going to get a good quarterback. You know, Bo Nix, I think is going to be a solid quarterback, but there is so much other talent and there's so much other needs that the Rams have that do you really want to reach out for a guy like Bo Nix when you have a guy like Jared Verse, you know, that's an edge rusher that the Rams could absolutely use. I you know I I don't I don't know like for me if you can't get Caleb Williams if you can't get Drake May I think your next immediate choice is going edge rusher because clearly it's not going to be Mike uh, Hoyt <laughs> yeah yeah I there's so many need and I don't think like be, because of how old Aaron Donald is like you know he's he. I mean, we we fucked up when we talk about the positive of this game because we always forget to talk about Aaron Donald. One of the best games of his career, I would say, uh, in a game that ultimately mattered nothing. He was the only, like, we mentioned Kobe Turner and Byron Young. Like, Aaron Donald was the reason this was a close football game. Like, he was playing out of his fucking mind, dude. I couldn't believe how much he showed up for such a meaningless game with Brett Ripon playing cornerback. He did uh, not show Jordan any love. No, dude, he played out of his mind. Um, but, like, you need – if you're taking a quarterback, he needs to be, like, almost a certainty to be the franchise guy because, A, you're going to have to pay – eat a shitload of money to move on from Matthew Stafford next year. It's virtually impossible. And, B, like, you have cap space, you have picks, you have the ability to – I don't want to say that they could be a full-on Super Bowl contender next year, but, like, be in the mix if you make a couple of the right moves, if you draft well, um, if you spend your money well and don't go out and get, like, Allen Robinson, uh, if you actually make smart decisions with that money, you have a chance to to be a a serious uh, playoff team. Maybe not in the, you know, elite tier, but right below that, and when you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. You know, the I don't think the Bengals were in that tier uh, when we played them in the Super Bowl, but they got there because things happen along the way. Playoffs are crazy, and you just got to be in the mix. And so I think taking a project quarterback at six or somebody who doesn't profile as, like, immediately walking out on the field and being a guy uh, is, is a tough sell for the – Win now, folks, in the room. Uh, you're Aaron Donalds. You're Sean McVay's. I don't think you really care about Matthew Stafford's opinion in this situation, but, like, I would rather, if you can't get Williams or May, um, 
and maybe they trade up to do it. I would rather, like you said, get an edge rusher. You you may not have the opportunity to, to take an edge rusher this high for a long time. Because uh, if they're bad again, then they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, and if they're good, they're not going to be drafted in the top of the, the, the top. Take an edge rusher. Take a tackle. Uh, you just... You have so many needs, and if Stafford can, has still got it, like you can compete, but it, it's just it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I'm very curious about it. Yeah, I I love I love draft talk in the middle of a season, <laughs> but I think it's important long term because like Stafford needs to play because he needs to prove that like. Even if they're losing games, he's got to be like, "Yo, less." Like, I'm, st- I still got it, because if you're picking that high, and your quarterback is, uh, you know, a walking injury and isn't playing well, you know, there's a lot of incentive to take a quarterback there. I don't know. I want to look up his contract details quick before we wrap up. Did we? Oh, actually. Just kidding. Uh, I told Johnny I needed to talk about this before we end the show. Um, in maybe my most correct take I've ever had, it turns out, Johnny, uh, that Josh McDaniels, former head coach of the Raiders, is exactly the biggest fraud we thought he is. Uh, <laughs> just so bad. Uh, it, 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 I texted my buddy who's a Raiders fan uh, after he got fired, I was like, wow, huge day for the Raiders. It's like you guys won the Super Bowl. He was like, I don't know, man. I was like, they are going to fucking blow the doors off of the Giants this week. They are going to smoke them. It is going to be a massacre. Uh, and he actually bet me $20 that the Raiders would lose because he didn't believe in the team. I was like, buddy, I am telling you, they fucking hate this guy. Uh, and they blow out the Giants. They bench Jimmy Garoppolo. They're smoking cigars in the locker room. Uh, they're giving game balls to Antonio Pierce and Aiden O'Connell. Uh, it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Uh, I I tweeted in November last year that I thought that Josh McDaniels was the second worst head coach of this century. Uh, do you know who number one is, Johnny, of the last 25 years? Sean Payton? No, no. No, because this is a real take. Uh, as I think Sean McPayton is the most overrated coach. Uh, he's nowhere near the worst coach. Okay, so let's see. Steve Spagnolo? No, no. Ur- Urban Meyer. Oh, he's, like, dude, easily... I, I, I should have guessed that one. I know, but I when I read this tweet, I was like, is this a Sean Payton joke? And then I looked at the next tweet, and it was like, number one being Urban Meyer. You forget, because it was the worst tenure in the history of the NFL. Um, as a head coach, Josh McDaniels comes into Denver. Alienates Jay Cutler on the first day. He demands a trade. He gets out. They draft Tim Tebow in the first round. He gets fired after a year and a half. Has an awful stint with the Rams as the offensive coordinator. Goes back to Bill. uh, Gets hired by the Colts. Withdraws the day he's hired uh, because he probably knows he's a fraud. Then he takes over the Raiders, who are a playoff team. He runs them into the ground. He wrecks their relationship with Derek Carr. He bets on Jimmy goddamn Garoppolo to save the team. He wrecks their relationship with Devontae Adams, and he's fired a year and a half into six years of fully guaranteed money. Like, just, I've never been so happy to be so right. Like, nobody deserves it more than Josh McDaniels. Uh, Just truly one of the biggest frauds the NFL has ever seen. No question, man. No (laughs) question. I I remember even telling uh, all my Raider buddies, uh, that uh, Josh McDaniels is not the right hire. And uh, sure enough, there he is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as Ram fans, we kind of got, you know, not a lot of exposure, but we did get a little exposure to him. And honestly, we kind of were treated to a haphazard performance from him. Not that he stood very long, thankfully, but uh, yeah. Um, I am glad that he never... Became our head coach. I remember rumors that uh, you know the Rams were going to reach out to him. Like for the love of God, please do not. Oh, man, dodge the ball up there. Like 
the Raiders going into last season, because I, I listened to our segment on the podcast, and I don't want to get into the positive things I said about Derek Carr because uh, they did not age well. But, like, that team was really fucking good. I thought they were at a really good roster going into last year. And they're just, like, a joke now. Um, and I I can't wait to see what they do against an actual team because uh, the Giants are obviously awful. But, like, dude, they're 4-5. and five. The last time they fired a coach midseason, they made the playoffs. They have a tough schedule, so it's not happening. But I don't know, man. Stranger shit has happened. And I really think, like... I don't want to see them succeed. (laughs) I just... I don't have the disdain for the Raiders like you and a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, have. But uh, I just... I would love to see them win out because Josh McDaniels never got hired again. Steve, you got to understand. You don't have to hear the most annoying chants in NFL history. (laughs) I, I don't even know why it's a chant. It's like... It's like having a toddler, you know, trying to like tease you with the with by just saying a team name. It's like Raider. I'm like, what the fuck kind of chant is that? Uh, yeah, it is a horrible chant. <laughs> I, I was like, oh man, I, I can't stand that chant. I hate going to a sports bar for that chant. Did you um did you see the quote or the the story that came out about the the meeting that they had um, uh, like the players only meeting right before he got fired Oh I I I didn't read the whole thing but I did see bits and pieces of it <laughs> It it was it was players of co- and coaches and we could probably wrap up it for this cuz I think it's a great note to end on but there was it came out uh who knows how true this is, but I'm sure it's true. Uh, that like McDaniel's had Antonio's Pierce speak on the coach's behalf. Uh, Pierce, who ended up becoming the head coach, and if you don't know Antonio Pierce, used to play for the Giants, was on their Super Bowl teams uh, last decade, and he gave like a speech about how the team just needed to buy in and believe in themselves because you know that's what they did when he was on the Giants when they went into the Super Bowl against the 17 and 0 Patriots and beat them. They bought in, they believed and they did it. And apparently the players were really hyped up about that speech. And after the meeting, McDaniels told Antonio Pierce to never talk about the Patriots like that again. (laughs) And then he got fired. Like you cannot make that shit up, dude. Or you can. Maybe it is made up, but I'm believing. That's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> I I I I wanna I wanna Google this. Um Okay, so like actual reputable sources are are posting about this i wanted to make sure that wasn't just like some like fake tweet i saw oh it came from jake glazer there you go yeah i actually want to read the quote like i don't care if we got a little long here if you're still listening to this i think you're at least mildly interested uh this is a quote from glazer he said Oh, can I just uh, can I just play this audio? You know, why don't we find out what happened inside that room? We talked. Well, you can't hear it, Johnny, so I'll read it. He said the big thing was last Thursday. There was this big airing of the grievance meeting, and players just unloaded on Josh McDaniels from captain to captain to player to player. And finally, Josh McDaniels actually had Antonio Pierce get up and speak on behalf of him and the coaches. When Antonio Pierce got up there, he said, "Look, guys, we have to we have to have our own control. It's got to be about culture here." And we also have to look at it. And then he brought up the old Giants team that beat the Patriots, Josh McDaniels team in 20, 2007 season in the Super Bowl. He said, no matter who we played, we thought we could beat them. We had a game plan that we could beat them. We had to believe that. And that's not here. We believe it here at the Raiders that we can beat anyone. Or we have to believe it here at the Raiders we can beat everyone. Well, he finishes up that speech. Everyone thinks they're great, except for Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels then goes over to him and says, don't ever talk about the Patriots like that. And then you really see how divided that building got. 
that got up, that got up to Mark Davis. I think Mark Davis looked at it and said, "Okay, I'm gonna have to choose the guy who believes that we can win every single week, and that's what his plan is going to be." <laughs> I love it. Credit, love it. Credit to Mark Davis. Um, we talk a lot about how the Rams are really good at not dwelling on sunk costs and just eating money when they have to. He's eating $85 million by firing McDaniels and the GM and some other coaches on the team. Like, I don't give a shit about that man's wallet at all, but, like, good on him for not – because I did not think he was going to get fired this year because they owed him so much money. Like, I thought they would just let this thing drag on. Uh, And credit him for not doing it because, like, Jesus Christ, man. Who could have seen this coming? Eighty-five million. Yeah, that's insane. Because they fired McDaniel's, they fired the GM, uh, and I think they fired a couple other of like McDaniel's cronies. Well, I heard John Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock is is available. John Gruden has been working out with Carson Wentz, or working out Carson Wentz. So, like, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that now. Oh, God, man. Uh, I don't think anyone will. I don't know if anyone will hire him again. As long as they don't email each other, I think we'll be okay. You know who would, though, Johnny, if he were to come back? Who, who's that? Sean McVay. Uh, Sean McVay would hire him. But I don't think he will. He, I, don't, I don't think he, he's going to be back in the NFL. He has enough money. Yeah. I, I let let him coach, you know, players from the sidelines. Let, that, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, we've went for an hour. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Steve Rivera, Johnny Five Not Six, Talk Rams. Maybe we'll have some new players next week. Maybe not, but we'll be back. <laughs>